Welcome to the Subject to Change podcast. I am Sarah Rorman, social worker, trauma survivor advocate, and spiritual life coach. My life's mission is to teach others how to dig deep within themselves to unapologetically create their own path towards healing. I believe with my whole heart, healing from our trauma and having a relationship with our higher power will allow us to live a life of endless possibilities. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Subject to Change. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing three tangible ways that you can measure the growth of your development while on your healing journey. So let's go ahead and jump right into this with number one. The first way to measure your growth is recognizing the development of your self-awareness over time. So let me give you a personal example of my very own aha moment when I understood that self-awareness was really key to strengthening my self-esteem, which elevated my healing journey to the next level. It was probably around year three of me working with Dr. Tara And like the student that I am, (laughs) in a session, I had asked for feedback from Dr. Tara about ways that she has seen me grow over the last couple years of us working together. And she shared with me her perspective of a few different areas of growth, but one of the examples that she shared with me really stuck with me. And she said, when you first started therapy... You talked a lot about external factors, maybe for about the first year, and how they affected you, like your family dynamics, your dating life, your work colleagues, but now you really use the time to talk about yourself and how you monitor your inner world regardless of what is going on outside of yourself. You don't really take too much time anymore to talk about those external factors unless the details pertain to what you want to talk about in session. Dr. Tara then went on to explain that when we are able to practice our self-awareness to where it becomes a regular exercise, we develop and strengthen our inner values and standards, which has the ripple effect of increasing our self-esteem. Now, when the inner values and standards coexist with healthy self-esteem, it allows us to be more assertive, right? Assertive in expressing our needs. We have a higher chance of forming healthy, lasting relationships and less likely to stay in unhealthy ones. We also become less critical of others, less critical of ourselves. The list continues, right? And after she explained this to me, I remembered thinking to myself, you know, well, damn, that is a lot of growth for me in just a few years. And then my follow-up thought to that was, gosh, I really love that nobody can really tell me anything new about myself that I am not already aware of, including all of my flaws, my strengths, what I consider to be failures, successes, my shortcomings. Like it's not going to be breaking news to me if someone were to tell me something about my personality or something about my behaviors. And in that moment, It resonated so deeply for me that knowledge about myself 
is self-empowerment. And going back to what Dr. Tara mentioned about focusing so much on those external factors, I think this is something that is really common on a therapeutic journey or any healing journey, really. It doesn't necessarily have to just be exclusive to therapy. But at the beginning, we find ourselves thinking, well, the problem I had or have was caused by these external events. So the solution must be found in an external event also. So an easy example of this thinking um, is that you know you will feel better when the person who has constantly triggered you for years will eventually change, right? All they need to do <laughs> is change and you won't be triggered as much. When in reality, you probably just need to create different boundaries and maybe remove yourself from engaging with this person as frequently as you are. So when we use these tools to practice self-awareness, we are able to evaluate our current behavior and if it is aligning to our internal standards and values of our healthy self-esteem. I love that. Now, having a deep sense of who we are and a strong foundation of those internal standards and values, it also allows us to detach more from how others perceive us because we understand that others' perceptions of us, right, is based off of their own internal standards, their own internal values that align with their current self-esteem and their current self-awareness. Then moving forward, we are able to make different choices and decisions that align with our healthy self-esteem, right? We're able to detach from someone's opinion or point of view from us. And we really don't hold too much weight in a person's compliment towards us or maybe a person's negative uh, feedback to us, right? It's almost like the feedback is always kind of equal. So a clear and tangible way to measure that growth over time you find yourself speaking less of those external factors and you reflect more on your inner values, your inner standards, your decisions, the inner dialogue that you have. And if the choices that you are making are in fact aligning with those standards that you have now built off of that healthy self-esteem. The second way that you can measure your growth is the time that you spend in emotional autopilot has decreased. So let me explain this a bit. When we are on emotional autopilot, the mind is operating habitually, which decreases our ability to make conscious choices about how to respond to both internal and external experiences that are happening because we are not in the present moment. When we are on autopilot, We are momentarily disconnected from those internal standards and those internal values that we just talked about because our consciousness is clouded being in emotional autopilot. During emotional autopilot, we are also more often than not disconnected from the sensations of our body, right? We're disconnected from our feelings. Now, each person's autopilot is different. 
For some, it is being reactionary and not responding. For others, it may be quick to be defensive and take something super personally, and then not being able to step away to emotionally regulate their discomfort. It could even look passive to where a person is suppressing their needs. They're not speaking up for themselves, right? They fall back into that fawn or freeze response. So emotional autopilot is truly different for each person. However, a tangible way to measure the growth is by paying attention to how often you are able to respond thoughtfully in the present moment. In the book, The Power of Now, written by Eckhart Tolle, he discusses this idea of being the observer. And he goes on to describe that when we are able to be the observer of what is happening in the present moment, this creates space for us to have a better understanding of how we interact with ourselves and how we interact with others which to me essentially just means that we are fully conscious, right? We are fully in the present moment when engaging with others or when we are engaging with ourselves, right? So thinking about that thought pattern, thinking about how are we feeling, right? Responding to our behavior. So how can we measure our growth in a tangible way here? Because this is something that takes a lot of practice, But by paying attention to how frequently we are able to thoughtfully tend to our needs in the present moment is a way for us to measure our growth. You might be saying, yes, (laughs) I understand this, but what does this look like? So for example, we have all had moments where we are having a conversation or an interaction with someone and later on right? We're thinking, oh, I wish I have said this to this person, or I wish I said that to that person. Oh, I wish I did or didn't respond this way. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Right? Or maybe you might be thinking to yourself later on, gosh, I am so exhausted. I'm so tired. I don't know why I answered this person's phone call when I should have just reached out to them later when I was feeling up to it to see if we could connect then. Or if you find yourself constantly venting, right, about the same thing over and over for an extended period of time. With these examples, there is this emotional theme of regret or resentment, sometimes both, However, when we are tending to our needs in the present moment, we engage more thoughtfully instead of disconnecting from our inner voice or that voice of the observer. And over time on our healing journey, as you practice tending to your needs in the present moment, you will naturally be an emotional autopilot less and less right? And again, because this one really takes a lot of practice because when we are not in emotional autopilot, we are able to respond and engage with others in a way that feels really nourishing for us, which will only enrich the interaction with the person that we are engaging with anyway, right? So that's like a win-win. Now, reflecting on your past to compare it to the present, 
and measuring how frequently you are able to be out of emotional autopilot and in the present moment is a tangible way for you to measure that growth because you're also able to see where you have been able to make different choices for yourself. And a common theme that I think comes up a lot for this one is really recognizing expressing your needs in the present moment, right? So maybe previously it was really difficult for you to communicate what you needed or how you felt, but through your healing journey, you're practicing that more and more, and now it's becoming really easy for you, right? So that is really a way that you can measure the frequency of being out of emotional autopilot because you're more tapped in and tuned in to your needs and you're able to express them in the present moment. So really easy way to measure your growth there. Okay. And the third way that you can measure your growth is becoming better at emotional regulation. What do I mean by this? When beginning trauma work, a person usually enters therapy with various areas of their life that carry heavy emotional charges, depending on their past experiences. So when someone is emotionally charged, it means that an emotion is highly elevated when emotionally triggered. It causes a person to experience strong and raw emotions that can be difficult to control. As you work through your trauma and these strong charges begin to dissipate over time, the end goal is really to be able to regulate them, not repress them, right? Really be able to regulate these emotional charges. It is a really unrealistic expectation to think that you will never be emotionally charged or triggered or frustrated or annoyed or whatever, right? Ever again. So really unrealistic expectation. So a way to measure your growth during your healing journey is how frequently you are able to regulate these emotional charges when they occur, This requires you to build your skill set of coping mechanisms and know what helps you regulate specific emotions. So again, really working on not repressing these emotions and also really being able to regulate them. And you can measure your growth here by paying attention to how often you are able to regulate by using a healthy coping skill. So let's say over the last three months, you became emotionally charged 15 times. Out of those 15, you were able to regulate your emotions 10 times. Whereas maybe previously you were only able to emotionally regulate five times out of 15, right? So this really does show your growth. I think sometimes we get caught up in the process of our healing journey, right? It's a really easy thing to do. It happens. We end up losing sight of the bigger picture and we aren't sure how to measure our changes because behavior change is complicated. It's complex. It requires a person to disrupt a current habit 
while simultaneously fostering a new and unfamiliar set of actions. And this process, it takes a lot of time. It really takes a lot of time. Research shows it takes about 90 days for a new action to develop into a habit. It takes another 90 days after that for the habit to feel familiar and another 90 days after that for it to become the new path in which we take. So that is a total (laughs) of 270 days, which is about nine months. And if the behavior is a really challenging one for us to change or to break, It could take up to a year for us to really see the fruits of our labor in doing all of of the work that we've done and being able to change and being able to choose differently for ourselves. I know hearing that can feel a little daunting, but when you look at the bigger picture, what is a three-year, four-year, or even a five-year commitment to really focusing on changing your life? And for me, that was something I always reminded myself of when I was going through my therapeutic journey. And I would tell myself, okay, girl, we've had this talk before. (laughs) We, when I say we, I mean myself, mind, body, and spirit. I rather live five years in the unknown and in varying levels of discomfort because in changing these thought patterns and behaviors than living the rest of my life in what feels like inner chaos or emotional pain or being on emotional autopilot and not fully embracing and experiencing life. I know that on the other side of this, there is more emotional freedom. And I would remind myself of this. I mean, weekly, right? I know I speak so highly, of course, of therapy and my healing journey because it really, truly did change my life. But it was also one of the hardest things I've ever done, right? It was a huge investment, a major commitment, And it wasn't always easy. And that is not to say that after this really, you know, big commitment, after this long-term investment of healing your trauma, you will never be triggered again, right? You will never need to use any type of therapeutic (laughs) modality. And you will be as peaceful as a nun, okay? Like... (laughs) I mean, those are incredibly unrealistic expectations. I can't say it enough. But what is a realistic expectation is knowing that with self-awareness comes self-empowerment. And when we are empowered in exactly who we are and all we encompass, then we step into our force field of autonomy, We step into our force field of individuation, right? Being an individual. We step into that force field of honesty, integrity, all of those things that come with being self-empowered and being our most empowered self. And that's incredible. I mean, that is the way that we want to live, right? Amazing. 
I hope today's episode resonated with you. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate your precious time. And I hope that after listening to this episode, you feel inspired to continue to work on your healing journey. You feel inspired and proud of yourself for all of the work that you have done. And just remember that there are ways for us to measure our behavior change. There are ways to measure our growth. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you and I will see y'all next time in the next episode. Thanks everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the subject to change podcast. If this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear about it. Leave a review, share it on your socials or send this episode to a friend. Be sure to check out my services at sarahrorman.com where I offer coaching sessions, mentorship programs, workshops, and more. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Sarah Rorman.